Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host, J-Mac and Jordan, on another episode today to go over some, uh, you know, rather controversial uh, topics on, you know, that have been trending in Broncos country the last 24 to 48 hours. The Broncos dropped the uh, the sixth, their, uh, their fifth game of the season, excuse me, um, to the Kansas City Chiefs for 16th in a row. And of course, it was on primetime on Thursday night. And then, you know, everybody got everybody talking about Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. I mean, uh, that's just kind of expected at this point. I know we talked a lot about those are be those are going to be the first two figures of Broncos country that everybody kind of points the fingers at first. Um, before we go ahead and jump into the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, um, I know some former Broncos players giving their takes and stuff. Um, but how are you guys doing? Um, I'm doing good, man. Just, um, you know, I'm doing I, I can't really complain. Got to watch uh, Wimby hoop last night so it was a good um it was a good day yesterday got to see the colorado game and that crazy comeback but overall i'm doing good doing good too we got college football on today trying to see some of my uh some of my boys play and ball out so i've been doing a lot of mock drafts uh recently too so uh, i'm just trying to get the feel out and uh hopefully i can start having some uh some writings done on when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, college football and who the Broncos should be targeting and stuff like that. I'm already in the draft content type of business already. The Broncos have uh, have broken me uh, quite a bit. So, do not blame you, man. And I I've said on J Mac knows that the, the draft is my favorite time of the year. I love all of our draft content. We're going over you know the the wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, edge. Like it's it's so fun to talk about. Um, but. Uh, we still have Broncos football this season, and of course, like I mentioned, there's still drama going on. Um, especially after you start one and five, that's just kind of expected. Um, so starting off with some uh, rather interesting comments coming from uh, Robert Griffin the third, talking about how the Denver Broncos aren't playing to win football games; they're playing to win the blame game. Very interesting. Uh, that's what happens when Champagne comes in and throwing the shade at a Super Bowl winning quarterback Russell Wilson every chance he gets. The locker will implode. And then you have Sua Cravens, former Denver Broncos safety. For those of you guys that don't know, he, he was here during the big Fangio era. And he says, chimes in and says, I can say it's 100% fact. He's already began losing his team months before the season even started. Multiple players have expressed to me their distaste for how Champagne operates the team and even called him a Vic 2.0 in the locker room. This is a very, very, very bold thing to come out and say. Um, and I think it's just like very it kind of just goes against he literally is contradicting contradicting himself because he makes it seem I, I know Vic Fangio wasn't a great head coach here in Denver but the thing is he wasn't like I mean some people brought this up he wasn't the worst head coach like he's actually besides I think Champagne still has the potential to be our best head coach since Gary Kubiak but when you look at the success wise Vic Fangio is our best head coach uh since uh, Gary Kubiak. So, I mean, it's very interesting to come out and say this. Obviously, I think he's more iterating t towards the fact that Vic Fangio was kind of like um, not the, the most trusted, loved coach in the locker room. It is very bold to come out and say this. What are you guys' thoughts on Sue Cravens' uh, statement, Robert Griffin's 
statement and just what are your guys overall thoughts and everybody's claiming that champagne has already lost the locker room um just six games into his tenure with the broncos I mean, well, RG3 is talking about Sean Payton kind of throwing shade at Russ off the field, which I felt was needed. I mean, things were kind of chaos, you know, the year before, you know, obviously last season. I mean, Russ apparently had an office, had a lot of stuff, like a lot of things that guys didn't have. And I think really Sean, he didn't really speak bad about his play. He spoke bad just about, like I said, the, the off the field issues and things that were going on within the organization that weren't right. So I don't think it was too much of throwing shade. I think it was just – making things how in like getting things back to how an NFL franchise is supposed to be run. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? I think that was what he was trying to do. Um but and what Sue Craven said um about this how most people have this taste for Sean Payton, I'm gonna tell everybody why that is. The Broncos are a losing team. Been a losing team for seven years. So when so when a guy comes to your team and implements new things and it's trying to build a winning culture. To guys that's that's done nothing but lose, it's gonna seem wrong. It's gonna seem off. They're gonna say he's like a former old school head coach like Big Bangio. Um, I mean, guys, we're like people are saying they're mad about how Sean Payton. If this is true, and they're saying like, man, we don't like how Sean's running the team, bro. Like, you realize change has to happen. We have not been. We've been terrible. The laughing stock in the NFL. Like, you thought Sean was gonna come in and do the same thing Hacky did, crack jokes and. Crack jokes all the time and laugh and do uh, do funny videos for Instagram and all of that. Broncos, no. Like, this is, of course, it's going to be different. It was going to be more like Sean wants to win games. And um, for him to say the Broncos are, are playing to win the blame game, I don't really get how that makes any sense. I mean, I, don't, I mean, what, like, what, what does Sean Payton have to do with Vance Joseph having the worst defense through the first five, six weeks of the NFL? I don't think that really has much to do with him. And I just feel like that's just a circumstance that happened. But um, all of this with Sue and Crabbins and RG3, I just think it's a it's a huge overreaction, um, blaming Sean Payton for how he operates the team when this man was with the Saints for years and you never heard a peep from anybody about how he ran the team bad over there in New Orleans. I mean, obviously, you know, the stuff that happened in New Orleans, but I mean, players specifically coming out and saying that they didn't like how Sean Payton ran the Saints, you never heard that, ever. Like, you never have heard – I've never heard anything like this now. But now when he comes to Denver, it's they don't like how he's running the team. I don't believe in this. I just believe that players just been part of a losing culture, and they don't know what it's like to be in a winning culture. So when they get in that type of environment, they just feel like Sean Payton is doing it wrong. So Yeah, it seems like a lot of former players right now are like Steve Smith. They're just uh, – they're kind of just contradicting themselves and just – you know, the irony in all of it is just kind of comical. Uh, RG3 and the, the network that he works for kind of saying that now Sean Payne is throwing shade at Russ when uh, that network that he works for was the first network to say that Russ needs to be humbled. And now that, I mean, it, it, it's just the, the irony in it is crazy. But yeah, to Sue Craven's point, he's had something against Vic ever since he uh, got let go from his uh, tenure here in Denver. So obviously he's going to have some distaste towards how he has ran his operation and how players are now saying that Sean Payne's like a Vic 2.0. Well, if that is the case, then we already know some of the players that need to be let go because if they want to keep the culture that we've had for seven years, which is a losing culture, then that's on them. And I know we have players that have won in college, and it really hasn't translated to the NFL, which I understand, but a lot of the other players that we've drafted from college, they've been from a losing 
coach or in college. They're just skilled enough to get drafted in the NFL. So, I mean, just things need to be shaken up in that locker room and the whole organization. And listen, if people are going to be calling Champagne a Vic 2.0 because how he runs his program, I mean, I, I trust Champagne and that Bill's Parcells tree that he comes from to change a whole organization than anything else. Because we saw what Dan Campbell did with the Lions. He changed that whole culture there. He sent a lot of players out their way. They all all they were used to were losing. So if Champagne is good, I know Champagne is going to do the same with Denver. So if that's the case, I'm with it. Call him a Vic 2.0 all you want. Uh, Sean knows how to win. He did it in New Orleans. He learned from his mentor in Parcells. He knows how to run a team. He knows how to run an organization. So I'm all with it. We already know who the players are that think that this is all this is not okay. So. I'm all with it, uh, getting rid of these players that uh, don't know how a winning coach is supposed to be ran, which, to their credit, not their fault, but kind of their fault. I mean, they've been hit with a lot of unfortunate stuff and situations here in Denver, but, you know, I think it's better that things have to change. And I'm not saying that players, when they get moved on, they're not going to do good somewhere else. I think the players that we will move on, they'll thrive elsewhere. But as of right now, I think for both parties, coaches and players, think it's best to go their own separate ways. They can thrive elsewhere, and we can start building a winning culture the way it's supposed to be built in Denver. I, and I just find it hard to believe that so many players are reaching out to Sua Cravens, of all people, like in the middle of the season. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, these guys aren't friends with Sua Cravens, but for him to say there's multiple players reaching out to him and calling him Vic 2.0, I'm not going to lie. I might be calling cap on this because is it – I, what is the irony here that the only person that has really like publicly because this isn't the first time the, those of you guys that know that Sue Cravens has came out before and brought up some stories about how like Justin Simmons hated Vic Fangio and the, the, them at practice um, they he kind of was like was rubbing him the wrong way and of course of all people Sue Cravens is coming out and saying this like uh, what does Vic Fangio have anything to do with Sean Payton right now? I mean, I understand he wanted him as his DC, and I guess he's connected to him in that you know way. But like, besides that, there's there's no connection at all between the both of them, and um, it just doesn't make sense to bring up stuff like this. Um, I it just feels like he's just kind of you know, trying to create his own narrative. If I'm being honest with you, um, you know, to say multiple players have expressed to me distaste for how champagne operates the team like if that is true then maybe the players might be the issue because if you have an issue with how sean payton was running things because i don't think champagne has changed up much like let's be honest he's always stick to these old school ways you know dating back to how bill parcells taught him how to run a football operation and now that he's doing the same thing in denver all these players that have been losing for the last six seven years and the players have been losing the last three or four years like now you guys are having an issue with it. Maybe you guys need to take a take a look in the mirror because we talked about in one of our last episodes, like all the all the mud is on everybody's hands. It's not just Sean Payton. So that is very actually, if this is true, which I'm not too sure if it is, but if it is true, and I'm sure some players do think it, because not every not everybody's gonna have the same opinion. Maybe you guys need to like realize that it's not just a Sean Payton thing. Like Sean Payton's not the one out there running plays and getting blown by. Uh, you know, edge rushers or, you know, dropping or whatever it is, not getting any separation or you're just getting burned on, you know, easy routes. Like maybe you guys are the issue. 
And I honestly have expressed my expressed my opinions to think that I think it's not just I think I even said on Twitter, I think Champagne's the least of my concerns. Like this is and Sarah Benninger said it as well. Like this is a reflection of what these players think and their 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 mindset and you know their overall lack of talent. It, it's just like it's an absolute disaster. But I think most importantly, this just speaks to like the selfishness of some players if this is true. And they need to take a hard look in the mirror because you have one of the best head coaches in NFL history and you still can't do shit. So that's all that's where I'm gonna leave it at. Yeah, and and I mean you guys hit it right on the money. It just doesn't really make any sense. Like I mean, we're talking about Sean Payton here. Like I said, the guy was in New Orleans for 20 years, did really nothing but win. And I've never heard not one player say that they that they had a problem with the way Sean Payton coached, that they had a problem with the way Sean Payton operated the locker room. Because, I mean, when he was in New Orleans, didn't it look like one of the best locker rooms in the league? Yeah. felt like guys were a family, right? The guys were part of a winning culture. They were a family. They were close. Having, I mean, fun in that locker room. Now in Denver, he's a big 2.0. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say he's capping because I feel like if he was lying, I feel like somebody would have come out and confronted him about that. <laughs> like, you know, you see a lot of Bronco players do that on Twitter. Like, you know, I feel like somebody would say something about that. I feel like I think is. it's I think it's maybe like one or two people for him to say multiple. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know about that. Yeah, it, it may not be. I don't think it's one of the, you know, like I don't want to get into names, but I, I don't think it's who people are going to expect to be some of the biggest players on the team. I don't think they have a problem with that, I think. It's it's more it's just more of a player issue because you're gonna say this about Vic Bangio. And Vic Bangio, like you said, was our best coach since Kubiak, who people had a problem with how he ran, you know, the locker room and practice and stuff. It's what's a winning culture, people like people are like you can't get mad when Sean Payton is coming here trying to change it and establish something new. But it's like what we said in previous episodes, you gotta get some of these players that were just had losing seasons here in Denver and have never been a part of any type of winning, you got to get these guys up out of here because if they're creating a narrative that it's Sean's fault, the reason why he lost his locker room months ago, really, like, it, it just, that part really doesn't make any sense because you say he lost the locker room months ago when apparently he was bashing Russ or what it, like whatever the circumstance was. I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever because no one reported that close to Denver who's actually in the locker room. Nobody ever said that Sean Payton lost his team. Ever. So, I mean, what, I, what I'll say about it is that I'll continue to stress about it. We got rid of the players that have been a part of a losing culture uh, for seven years. Again, situations are situational. I think it's time to move on from all parties. And again, I think when uh, when someone like to uh, tweet something like that or post something about that, we can kind of narrow down on who the players might be uh, just because of the, you know, what type of roster he was on and some of the players that are on this roster still. But again, it, I think it's best for everyone to move on. They can thrive elsewhere. And I know these players that have been stuck here losing for a bit, they just need a change of scenery. scenery. That That's best for everybody. So again, just get everyone out, bring champagnes people in. I think uh, we can start building something great in Denver. And then we had uh, another former Bronco, Chris Harris Jr., um, who hosts the uh, Let's Ride podcast uh, with Chris, uh, with Patrick Coyote. So he's he's been watching every single game. He's been doing his analysis post games and everything. Um, so he's been you know closely watching the team and obviously having connections to certain players. He says. 
replying to that Suba Cravens uh, tweet, he says, I think it's more the quarterback loss of team. What are your guys' thoughts on this? It's just, it's just crazy that so many, you know, the, the big leaders on this team are, you know, it's just a fact to me, like former Broncos who have, you know, connections to players currently on the roster are coming out and saying this, like, there's got to be a little bit of validity to it. So this is, this is worrying, but I, I think it's just a more of like a factor of like the, the team just losing. I'm not too sure if it's Russ being a jerk or champagne being a jerk. Like, what do you guys think about it? Well, I mean, when he says quarterback lost the team, I don't think it's them being jerks. I think it's just like, they don't want to follow his vision. They don't want to follow his leadership anymore because they keep losing games. And I think that's more, they say he's lost the team because now when he says something in that locker room, guys just straight up don't believe it. Guys, it goes now. Now it's going one year, not the other. And I, I believe that, that that is true when it comes to Russ, only because it's been, like, guys in the locker room say, man, it's been years, and, like, the offense the offense just isn't clicking. And I just think that's really what it is. I think it's mostly guys on the defense. I don't think anybody on the offense has lost that for us. I think it's mainly the defensive guys. because And, and I know the defense has not been great, but these last two games – they were probably expecting more out of Russ. They were probably expecting that balance to finally come. And I'm pretty sure they preached it in the locker room that it was going to come and it just hasn't. But I, I feel like this is dating back to, like, last season. I feel like it took a lot for Russ to, you know, get that back. I feel like Sean Payton helped him when they got a new coach in. And, you know, but I, I feel like this is true that Russ did lose the team. But when your quarterback loses the team, it's not the worst thing. Like, if your coach still has a voice in that locker room, I mean, you you think it wasn't times where Russ like lost didn't like you know where Russ lost the team in Seattle? I I think there were times that he did. I think after that Super Bowl, he lost a lot of credibility in that locker room and lost a lot of I don't want to say respect, but I'm pretty sure guys looked at him just a little different. Um, and you know that that wasn't the worst thing for them. That that wasn't the reason why the, you know it all blew it up was them was Russ losing the team. But I do. I, I do think he's lost a lot of guys on that team. I, I, I will say that, though. I would agree to a certain extent that I believe what Chris Harris is saying here has uh, some validity to it. it. It's hard. I mean, we brought in Russ to win. I know he's been playing good this year, but just it hasn't equated to winning. I know he doesn't play defense. I know all that. We've talked about that at length. But sometimes, I mean, this. I know we've talked about his personality and how – some type of his leadership qualities may not be for the rest. And I know that can get pretty old for some of the players in the locker room if all you just do is lose and lose and lose. So I do believe that this has some truth to it. It does suck because Russ, I think, is you know, he's a he's a great guy and I think he's a great leader, great player. But at some point, players will I don't want to say turn, but just start believing. Stop believing, I should say. And uh, it's tough. And that's why I think that Sean Payne knows what to do. He's going to start tearing this thing down and build it from the ground up. And I think there's better days ahead for Broncos country. And I hope fans understand that. So we have the right guy in place for it. But, yeah, what Chris Harris is saying here, I think, has some truth to it. So next I wanted to talk about uh, some interesting uh, comments Michael Lombardi obviously appeared on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, talked a little bit about it, and then tweeted, um, I'm not going to lie, I, you know, I, I mentioned on one of our, uh, our actually our last episode that I had a strong take about Russell Wilson, and I, I think I got to let it go today. Um, but but first, 
Lombardi said, uh, last night we saw an aging champion, Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos, a player once had all those valuable quarterback qualities. And listen to this next sentence. So many people have came after Russ, but I think this is the best way that anybody has ever described what Russell Wilson has been this season and last year. He has a, a become a shell of his former self. I cannot agree any more that w- with what he just said there. And then he says he isn't the reason the Broncos lost five games, but he also isn't the reason they can win games. Unfortunately, the end is near for Russell. For the Broncos to move forward, they know with total certainty after six games, it won't be with Russell Wilson under center. Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on that, starting with J-Mac. And then also, what sh- what do you guys think the Broncos should do with uh, with Russ this season? And should they continue on with him past 2023? Or should they rip, rip the Band-Aid off early? This is about to get a little heated, if I must say. Well, I mean, I agree to a certain extent. Um, Nathaniel Hackett was here last year, and I think that was a part of the problem, a major part of the problem with Russ. I'm not saying Russ yeah. had the best year himself, but I think that was a major part of it. And then this year, it's been a lot of things. I mean, I don't want to sit here and say that Russ isn't the reason that we can win games. I mean, I feel like that's just a guy from the outside looking in saying it. I mean, he's right about, like, the first part. of. I don't think Russ is, is his old self. You can see that he's lost a lot of his speed. And I think that has a lot to do with, with, with what he's done with his frame. I think that the, the way he has conducted with his body, the weight that he's at, I feel like that's a big part of why he's lost some of his speed. If you go look at Russ in Seattle, he was way slimmer and almost way smaller than he is now in Denver. Now in Denver, he's a little bit more stout, a little bit more bigger. And um, it's, but I, I won't say he's a, just a like a complete shell of himself. I mean, there's still glimpses I see of Russ, like playing really good football, good, good enough football for us to win games. I don't want to sit here and say that he he is the reason that we that you know we're not like what he said he 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 isn't the reason the Broncos have lost five games but he also isn't the reason they can win games I don't know if that's entirely true I think a lot of a lot of what's happening has played into our losses and I feel like this I mean me and Jordan I mean we we've all talked about if the defense came into the season better we would be having a complete different look on this team a complete different look and I don't think this would even be said um it's just. As far as this like this season goes, I think you plan for the rest of the season. Even if you do trade both of your wide receivers, I think Russ is going to finish the season out. But I think, and I'm going to stand on what I said, unless two things happen. Unless, um, and I never really thought about this angle, if if you get the number one pick, I think you move on from Russ and get Caleb. I mean, that's just a given. You don't pass up on that type of talent, generational talent. Definitely. We already know what Caleb Williams is going to be when he comes to the league, especially with Sean Payton. The second thing is, if you – like, what's the point if you get the third pick and you say, well, we're going to draft one of these quarterbacks? I don't think that's necessarily the right move to go. I think at that point you stick with Russ. Um, and I think unless you get Caleb Williams, that's through the draft. Now, there's a quarterback that wants out, like one of the top quarterbacks in the league or whatever, and Broncos want to make a play at them. Then I would say maybe do that. But as far as it goes, I think you're you're stuck with Russ. And Denver knew what they – George Payton, I mean – you got to bite the bullet now. Like, I don't think there's a guy that's going to come in besides Caleb Williams that's going to come into this team and fix, like, it's it just going to be better than what Russ has been this season. I mean, I know that's crazy to say after he just put up 95 yards, which I don't think was entirely on him, but I don't think you're going to find a guy who's going to come in and be just completely better than Russell Wilson unless it's Caleb Williams or you trade for one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And I just think that's the truth. And I think that's going to set us back 
maybe a little bit further than where we are now. And that's just the truth. That's just the whole truth about it. So uh, Amir knows how much I listen to Michael Lombardi. And I will say when we hired Sean Payton last year in the offseason, uh, Lombo was the first person to mention that uh, he believes that this is George Payton's uh, last year, no matter what, with uh, Payton because he – Payton wants full control of his roster, so I would start off with that. Uh, I even mentioned that to Sarah, and we talk about it still, saying, hey, it's it's becoming that reality now that Payton's going to be gone. So I'm going to start off with that. Second, what he said on the Mackey show as well regarding Russ, uh, he did say that Sean Payton knows without a shadow of a doubt that he's not going for Russell Wilson, and he has to pay him next year if he can't get out of that. That's already guaranteed. So. If he's on the roster on the fifth day of the league year in 2024, they guarantee $37 million of his 2025 salary. And that's not going to happen. So when he said that yesterday on the show, that got me thinking a bit. And I do not see a scenario where Russ is on this roster next year just because of the money situation. It's going to be hard. I know Sean is going to tear this thing down and it's going to be, and, and I know I've talked about using the LA Rams type blueprint of rebuilding, which was keeping Stafford. And in this case would we'll be keeping Russ. But if we do go towards that direction, a lot of things have to ha- have to happen. Uh, and as of right now, it just doesn't look like it doesn't seem like it's going to go in that direction. I would rather have Payne pick his own guy in the draft. I, I believe there's a couple hidden gems in terms of quarterbacks later in the draft in 2024 that he can hit on. But that money right there is going to be hard to move forward, especially if we want to rebuild this roster with young talent and uh, and get cheaper. That, that contract is really going to mess things up. So I think at this point, I don't think he's on the roster next year. I think Payne moves on. But – I know we've talked about multiple, multiple, multiple situations of him staying, him leaving. But as of right now, I'm staying on the fact that he's out. That money's too much for this uh, uh, cap situation to hold, especially if we're going to rebuild. So here's the thing. The Broncos would face dead money. He has $85 million over the next two years if they cut Wilson before the fifth day of the 2024 league year, which is in March. But. They would owe Wilson $90 million plus over the next two years if they keep him, plus the $37 million in cash that they owe him in 2025 for base salary. This means that if the Broncos move on, they could save well over $42 million if they cut ties with Russ before the fifth day of that 2024 league year. So if he makes it past that league year, he, he's staying, obviously, uh, you know, for, for next season. Um, so would you guys just, like, rip off the Band-Aid now and bite the bullet of that Russell Wilson trade, or does George Payton, Champagne double down on the rush trade and risk that majority of his 2024 cap space and just move on with him? And Jordan, I thought your point was interesting. I want you to evaluate a little bit on that more. Like if we, let's say we just win some games and we end up with like the fourth overall pick, do you still think we should move on from Russ? I I think so. I, I, I don't, I don't see if, and I know first of all that you did mention George Payne again, with Sean Payne, I think Payne's out regardless. I think yeah, he's out. He has yeah, no yeah. future with his team. So at this point, I know uh, Payne would have a say in that. George Payne 
would have a say in with Russ, but at this point, we have to get him out of the picture. This is Sean Payne's decision. And with the feeling I have, and I will preface this again, Lombardi is close with Sean Payton. I know they don't talk on a daily basis, but they do come from that same tree that they've come from, from coaching and leadership and all that. So he does have an idea of what he would want to do and stuff like that. I think no matter what, they we have to get out of this contract sooner rather than later. So, And I know I've personally said multiple times, and Amir, I know you know that I've said this. I said depending on what pick we have is whether we keep Russ or not. At this point, I think it's no matter the pick, we we move on from Russ. And it pains me because he's been he's been playing pretty well this season, but especially against that Kansas City game, it shows you what Lombardi said. We we're not losing games because of him, but we can't win games because of him either. We held the Chiefs to 19 points. No matter what, if they were messing around and playing with their food, we, they still had 19 points at, at the end of the day. We're supposed to win that game. If Russ was any type of his former self, we win that game. But he's not. He's a shell of himself. It's unfortunate that it's come to that. So at this point, you got to get rid of him. And it sounds harsh, but it's in the Broncos' best case going forward, especially with Sean wanting to rebuild his way and get the players that he wants. And again, it, it, it's the unfortunate part of the business, but business-wise for Russell Wilson, I mean, he's still going to be getting a whole bunch of money. So unless he restructures his contract, which I highly doubt because he's just going to get paid so much money, maybe I, I can see a reason why to keep him, but it looks like we're going to have to get rid of uh, this contract sooner rather than later. So that's my take on it. Um, It's very like, I don't disagree with you guys are saying. I think that it is time. Like, I, I think it's time to get off first. I, I just think you can't. Because where does that leave you if you don't get the one pick? Like, you're going to be stuck. Like, I know people are saying, like, I know, Amir, you want a full rebuild. But, like I like I said, if you're going to full rebuild, you just have to do it right. Like, if you're going to go fourth, if yeah. you get the third, fourth overall pick, and, and we take a quarterback that's not Caleb Williams, that would be heartbreaking because say say that happens, like we have no guarantee that quarterback is going to be any good. I mean, there is no guarantee Caleb Williams is going to be any good, but you can pretty much tell watching Caleb Williams that okay, this guy's going to be ridiculous when he gets to the league. I just don't want I don't want to take another risk, man. Because if we take a quarterback that's not Caleb, get Russ out of here, and we miss on that pick, I think we're screwed either way. But I think with Russ, you you have a, a I don't want to say a shot at winning at this point, but I just think you have a better shot at not like, cause if you go for a rebuild and you miss on your first quarterback that just sets you back so long. Like look at the bears, like that set them back even further than what they were supposed to, you know, like they drafted Trubisky that set them back on their rebuild. And now they're having to go through a whole nother rebuild again with nothing to show for it during the first rebuild besides one missed double doing field goal. I mean, I, I'm looking at us and it's, it's just a very tough situation. I, I understand the caps, the, the money and everything, but I feel like the Broncos are going to free a lot of cap, getting a lot of guys out of Denver in the first yeah. place. So I think you're going to free up cap that way. It just really depends on where the draft pick lands. Me personally, I I, I think Sean is tanking. I don't know if any other Broncos fans agree with me, but I, I I think Sean Payton has been tanking. for for I, I, want, I don't want to say 
maybe since the Bears game, I think he's been tanking. I think that's just me. I mean, the drop in this offense, especially in the play calling, in the level of aggressiveness, I mean, it is just dropped. And I don't want to – and people are saying it's just a bad coaching job from Sean. And um, somebody posted the video with Sean said about Caleb before yeah. he got the Broncos job. And I have seen that video before, but I didn't really think too much of it until, like, I rewatched it again. It was like, oh, this guy, he – He literally he, recalls moments of teams, like, literally purposely yes, benching their purposely. players and stuff. Like, he literally admitted to the world that, like, he understands the logic behind it. It's crazy to think about. So, like, I mean, just think about it in this terms. Like, the Broncos are – they're keeping guys out there that is losing them games. Like they're 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 playing bad players. Going out there with three edge rushers, going out there on the short, I mean, putting up eight points. You're not you're not even throwing the ball. Like you're not throwing the ball with the same aggression that you were with the same technique and play calling that you were through the first four weeks of the season. I mean, I just it looks like Sean is tanking to me. And if we don't get that one pick, man, then where does that leave us? Like I don't I don't I don't see Sean and him saying. Drake May or Michael Penix is the way to go for this franchise. I just, me personally, I don't think that that's the way they're going to do it. I think if it comes to that, I think you're going to see Russ stay another year in Denver. Or, like I said, a big quarterback comes up, comes available. But I don't really see that happening again for Denver. I think anything a quarterback is going to come in the draft. But I just think at this point it has to be Caleb. I don't see on, I don't see moving on from Russ if it's not Caleb Williams, and I'm, I'm going to stand on that. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the right move to make. So uh, Lombardi did write recently on Vison about you know the Denver Broncos and some of the quick nuggets that he has uh, on the team so far, and uh, just basically mentioning how uh, some of the biggest mistakes in football can be summed up in two words. This is what he he wrote: uh, those two words are too late, and uh, too late to recognize the problem, too late to react to the problem, and too late to have an answer to the problem. So. Seattle knew Russell Wilson was at the end or extremely close to it. They sold high and got an incredible value for an aging star while Denver dug it a deeper hole into the whole thing that we all said, oh, we're one player away, which was never true. And he he said that whenever a team thinks they're one player away, they're never one player away. And we and I, I'm, a, I'm guilty to that because I thought we were one player away. And now looking back on it, we were never one player away. And that's what I believe. So him saying that kind of just reassures me that I was wrong about that uh, going forward. And he also he also said in this article that the Broncos know they are not extending receiver Jerry Judy's contract. So if someone offers a pick better than a 2025 comp pick, Judy, we, Judy will be gone. And the same could be said about Corlin Sutton, who has two more years remaining on his contract, all not guaranteed at $13 million per year. So... There is a good chance that we have seen court court's last days of the Broncos, Judy's last days of the Broncos, and he also mentioned that it is for sure a guarantee that the next 11 games going forward will be the last time we see Russ in a Broncos uniform, which is a very bold statement to say, but I agree with him, him saying with that. So the Broncos need to continue to play young players. So get a high enough uh, pick in the draft to – so that Caleb, uh, Drake May, even Michael Penix, or any other great college uh, passer. So I think Peyton knows what he's doing. I trust him. And, again, brighter days ahead for this organization because right now it is not looking good. But I trust the, the vision and the plan Peyton has. 
I would go as far to say I don't think the next 11 games those last games the Broncos I think only the next you know maybe five or whatever it is because I think the Broncos should, should bench Russ and here's why if you bench Russ with this whole thing coming out credit to uh, Jason OTC on Twitter I mean the Broncos have 39 million guaranteed for Russ next season but that's only if he suffers a significant injury this year injury. what yep. are what are the Broncos playing for? What are the Broncos playing for? Are you padding Russ's stats? Like, there's no point in keeping Russ out there at this point. You're one in five. You and if you put Jared Stidham out there, you have a, a even a better chance of the number one overall pick. Like Russ puts you in a better chance to win games. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Jared Stidham isn't actually even. Uh, he, he he looks better than what Russ was in K, in KC. Um, but yeah, I think Jared Stidham gives you a worse chance of winning games and. I, I just me personally, why would you put Russ out there and risk an injury and then have to pay him guaranteed 37 million next year? Like, that's just unnecessary money that, like, and if the Broncos keep Russ at past the, um, you know, that deadline next year, uh, in March, you're going to be paying him a guaranteed 127 million. Yeah, like they, they that. Won't. They're not doing it. I, I just think Russ, not only the next 11 games, but I think Sean Payton will come to his senses and bench him. And I think that's what I want, if I'm being honest. that's That was my take I've been saving. Uh, I mean, I'll say this. I don't agree with benching him, but I'll say this. If it – the season's over. So I'll say this. If we don't win a game within the next three to four weeks, I'm all on board for it. Just go full tank for Caleb. Like, just, just, at that point – if you're just gonna win yeah. one game, just go full tank for Caleb. Like just just blow it up, go full tank. Then you can bench Russ, whatever you want to do. You start off the season, I think one and seven. I think it's over. Like no, you you lose everything. I feel like you you like it's just you think the guys like like how do you think Sertan and Simmons are gonna feel about? It? I mean, if Simmons is still on the team, but how do you think guys like? I mean, I don't know, man. I just I hate when teams do that because guys get so pissed off. You sit Russ, like you bench Russ, and then you're just saying, well, yeah, so we're going to lose every game, guys. Like, you know the message that sends to the Terrible organization? Message, yeah. Like, that is a bad – like, regardless if it works and it can work, for the, that is just a bad – like, that would be a bad start to Sean Payton's, like, tenure. I mean, it's already been a bad start, but that would just be icing on the cake to sit Russ in four – and to, like, literally tank, like, tank for – Tank for uh, for Caleb Williams, like just sit him and say we're gonna lose every single game for the rest of the year. We're gonna get Caleb Williams. Like that is a that is a horrible look. That's what he said on the herd, though. Remember, he he yeah. said towards the end of that interview, he was like he specifically, and I thought this was fascinating. He specifically recalled when the the Bucks in like the, the very Bucks. last game, yeah. they purposely sat their quarterback with a winning with a, a you know winning um, score in that game. Not only the quarterback, but they started sitting other players too. And they purposely lost that game to get Jameis Winston. Like, and there, there was another scenario that he recalled. Like the fact that a head coach, and I know he was, uh, you know, retired or taking the year off, but the fact that he recalled that makes me think he could genuinely sit Russ uh, within the next few weeks. I don't think, yeah, it's not going to be as soon as the next two weeks, but I think like once the Broncos are going to be like one game away from being officially eliminated from playoff contention, like at that point, just see what you can get out of Jarrett Stidham, and just. And, you know, obviously at that point, guys like Justin Simmons, Garrett Bowles, Corlin Sun will be gone. And everybody wants to talk about how, you know, it's impossible to move on from Russ. It's very, very possible if you if you don't look at the numbers. I mean, you talk about the $85 million in dead cap, 
But at the same time, if you keep Russ, you're going to be paying even way more than that. And then on top of that, that sets you back. And then you can trade Justin Simmons. That gets you off 18.1 million cap it off the books and saves 18.2 cap space in 2024. Trading Corlin Sun saves you 17 million in 2024. Trading Garrett Bowles saves you 20, 20 million in 2024. Like that, just those numbers right there are like a combined 60 million. Like it makes you much easier to get rid of, you know, Russell Wilson and take that dead cap hit. And we've seen this before. Like it hasn't been as severe, but like with Matt Ryan and the Falcons, they just took the bullet and, you know, ate all that dead cap. It wasn't as bad as with Russ. But I think at this point, man, you're already paying him so much money. Don't pay him even more. I, I just think Michael Lombardi hit it so on point. He's a shell of himself. You you didn't trade all these firsts and seconds thinking that he would just be a shell of himself. You thought he would be Russell Wilson. So I, I just don't see the point keeping him to be a game manager. Like we talk about the defense needs to just be average. Well, I think if you have like a Pat Mahomes or like these elite quarterbacks that you're paying $245 million to, you're paying them that much because you know that they lift and, you know, elevate the entire roster. They win games when you, you don't think they can win games. I just don't think Russell Wilson's that anymore. Um, and I, I hate to say it, but I think these next few games, they might be his last games as a Bronco. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. also, I think we have to do right by some of our players, like a Justin Simmons. Exactly. He deserves to be in the playoffs. He, he deserves to win. Uh, I'll even say that about some other players. Uh, they deserve to win as well. I'll even I'll even say, I know this is going to piss a lot of people off, but Jerry Judy came from Alabama, and all he did was win there. And now he came to the NFL, and now all he's doing is losing. I feel like he needs to go to a different place and start winning again. I mean, imagine going from Bama winning all those awards and going to the Denver Broncos with Pat Shermer, and then all you do is lose, lose, lose. I mean, it gets to you. I mean, I, these guys want to win. So I think we need to start trading some of those players. They'll thrive elsewhere. I know it sucks, but the situations they've been, they've been put in here in Denver, just unfortunate. And I think it's time just for a, a new era and champagne era. Yeah, Judy's won like 13 games in like three and a half years. Like you got to do right by him at some won point. 13 games in one year with Bama. <laughs> exactly. And then and won the Blentzoff Award. How much money do we save in like cap space if we get rid of Justin Simmons? Uh, so 16 this year. And so the thing is, when you're trading player, players, you don't have to eat their dead cap. Like the, the other team takes on that. It will be up to the other team if they want us to eat some of that. I don't know how all that structuring will go. Um, but the Broncos would save 18. Um, they'll be getting rid of his $18 million cap hit. Um, and then 18 point, another 18 million in 2024. So that's like 36 million for, from this year and next year. Um, obviously they're already paying him some of this year's salary, but, um, and then you add Corlin Sun, Garrett Bowles, that's already like 60 million. Then you could add some other, you know, some more players. Like, then there's, there's ways to not make this as bad as it may seem with that 85 million in dead cap. But if you keep Russ, it just gets worse, man. I love Russ, man. I love him. I, I, to death, I love the guy. He's a great guy. And I, I feel so, I said on my Instagram, I feel so bad it had to end this way. And I feel so bad the way we like hired Nathaniel Hackett. Are you kidding me? Hired Nathaniel Hackett, George Payne, goner. Fire him now. I mean, what's the point of even keeping him at this point? Like Sean Payne's a GM. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I agree with it. Like, I agree with um, the fact that he does have to go. I just don't want him to go for anybody outside of Caleb Williams because I just feel like that's just 
it's just a huge risk, man. Like it really is. Like I, I understand, yeah, these guys are gonna be they're 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 some of the best quarterbacks for a reason in college, and they're gonna hopefully they can translate that to the pros. We're talking about Denver here. We do not have a good history, and you can say, yeah, we got. We're gonna have right a. Now, we got a different region. Yeah, but like. When a franchise isn't it is historically not good at doing something, it usually tends to like stick that way. I mean, that's just you that's just how it goes, man. It uh, does. I don't like, that's the same thing with just, like drafting Ohio State quarterbacks and it doesn't work out. Like no, I no, no, I feel like that that does relate to that. Cause if you're gonna have a whole new front office, they're not it's not the same as John Elway and George Payne. You talk about I don't know who our GM will be, but I assume it's gonna be a massive upgrade. I hope, man, because plus you got Peyton now. Sean Payton. I really do hope so. I just, I just feel like you're gonna go this route. You just gotta, at this point, just lose every fucking game for the rest of the season. Just get Caleb. Like I'm being honest. Like, like, like that's how much I don't want Michael Penix and Drake May. Like for for this, I don't want. Like Penix. we're just gonna go for like that. Then at this point, just lose every fucking game for the rest of the season. Like you just trade everybody after this week. The this, this week get get rid of Simmons, Sutton. Um, uh, Judy, because I mean, honestly, I want to keep Simmons, but if we free up, didn't you say we free up almost thirty-six million dollars in cap if we get rid of him for the next two years? Yeah, yeah, that is that that that's insane. So I mean, if you if you do have to give up, I, I think that's a huge loss to give up Justin. No, I would hate. I think that's the one player I would like if I had to pick yeah. not to be traded to be Justin, just because he does so much for the secondary. He deserves to win. He does, and I and I, at this point, what the hell are we winning games for? Well, <laughs> I mean, really, I'm saying, I mean, what are we playing for? We have for? to be honest. Like, we like, what do we win? I mean, I like this offseason can go one, it can go one or two ways, but the rest of the season goes. Like, I'm not like I've taken a shift. Like, just from the last pod we did, like really sitting down and thinking about this team and how bad I want Caleb Williams. Like, and I think a part of it has to do with just I know it's unrelated, but seeing my team get Wimby and like what what tanking did for us and now how how bright the future looks for my Spurs. Like, after getting someone at the talent level of Wimby is making me seem like, well, shit, maybe the Broncos do need to just lose every game possible. Sick guys, lose every game possible to get Caleb Williams. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of things, it's it's, it's different because you got to you gotta hire the right coaches. You got to get all these guys in. You got to build a team around them. But just the – I just feel like that's, that's the best thing going for Denver right now is Caleb Williams. I mean, Apollo and – Everybody else keep pushing this agenda. Um, Tim Contic on Twitter keep pushing this agenda. You need to see these guys need to see. I, I wouldn't be mad one bit if the Broncos finish this with, with one win and it comes against the Bears because at least we're not technically the worst team in the league because we beat the Bears. But I don't give a damn. At this point, you're just gonna if it, if we're gonna talk about just getting off Russ in like all together, like if that's the plan in the offseason just to get rid of Russ. Then yeah, just just if he's already a goner, then just fuck it, just lose every game for the rest of the season. Well, again, I will say this is my opinion. Of course, I want him. Of course, everybody wants him. I don't think we're gonna get him, but I do think we're gonna have a high draft pick in the first round. So it's gonna be so hard to get Caleb Williams, and I know people are starving for him, but again. I know we Bears. have the second hardest schedule too, which I did see. Yeah. But again, it's going to be extremely difficult. Players I'm, don't tank. Players don't tank. They need to put out film. Exactly. Coaches, but listen, if we even sniff close to it, I'd be more than 
it, it will be it'll get interesting down the road. But and just to talk about first round picks, I know I mentioned it off air to J Mac, and I've been opposed to it. I'm not saying I would still do it now, but I'm at least entertaining the thought. And I know the capital might not be what it is, but I'm at least entertaining the thought. Maybe trading. Oh, up. no. No. For who? No. PS2. No. Hell. See, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no, bro. What does that do for us? Like, I, I don't get what it. What does he do now for us? Yeah. Only train if you want to. Like, how are you? Listen, I don't want to do it. I'm not saying I don't want. I don't. I'm not saying we should do it 100. I'm just saying you have to listen to those those calls. You have to. If we get two first round in this draft class, I mean, what? bro, that's not helping. That's what is that going to help us trade up for though? Like nobody's yeah. trained down with nobody's trained down knowing that they could get Kayla Williams or Drake May. Like, and I've watched, I've watched some Drake May over the last 24 hours. I don't still. I'm still not 100 sold on him, but I think he shows so many like so many flashes of Justin Herbert that it actually does attract me to the idea. But I still think that other teams out there they love Caleb Williams, Drake May. Even if we trade up with PS2 and the picks that we get, what does that no. do for us? I just don't get it. PS2 is a generational player. A generational player that isn't being used because our pass rush can't get oh. there. Our defense is not doing anything. No, so, he's a he's no, a no, corner. No, no, no. No, no, no. I mean, okay. Amir, what? Our defense no. is giving up 36 points a game. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not on Pat. I mean, okay, I know it's like, not on Pat. No, no, but why okay, does he want to no, be no, no. here? Why does he want to be here? No, no, but it's not up, Jordan. A master didn't have Pat. We, we don't have past our 10. We're giving up 100. Like, okay, I mean, we'll we still we be one and five. Nothing huh? changes. We'll still be one and five. Nothing yes, will change. I, I, I don't even think we win the game. We don't win it. We don't. We don't win the game against the Bears because DJ Moore doesn't get shut down in the second half. Oh, I'll put it like this. And, and, and look, I'll say this: You give up past our ten, like I'm going to really. I know I'm. I'm going to really question, like, what the fuck are we doing? We're not we giving away PS two. We're, we're not. Talking, I'm not saying we are too. I'm just saying you gotta understand it, bro. But Jordan, he's the best corner in the league on a rookie deal. Like that is a terrible trade, regardless of what you get. I said, like, if you do, if you were to trade them, the, like the idiots we are, we do it. Two first round picks at the minimum, and I—that's not a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Jordan, for like, like, what would be the reason to do that? Because you uh, still have to hit on those yeah. picks, and wherever he goes, it's gonna be a contender. No bum yeah. team is gonna make two first round picks trades past ten. So, okay, right. so by so by your logic, we trade him to Dallas. What the fuck? Like what? Like. Just so our picks can be 25th and 25th for the next two years, that's stupid. Like, it's no point of you because there's no one you're going to draft in the next five years at the position of corner that's going to be as good as Patrick Chertan. There's nobody that you can sign unless you get sauce or unless you get anybody else that's going to be on the same level as Patrick Chertan. There is no replacing him. You, you cannot not, replace PS2. It is not my logic. I do not want to trade him. I am just saying it makes that it's no going sense. to be entertained. It's going to be entertained. Because – because but why? Draft, like, why should we entertain it? Doesn't like, make any like, sense. No, I, I, I don't know why. I'm just saying. It. I'm, be, I'm bringing it up. I, I do not. Do I have to write something for you guys for me to say I do not want this to happen? But I'm just, just like, saying, you just say I think, we, I think we should. Yeah, I think you, we you, should you, entertain. Yeah, yeah, should entertain. Doesn't mean we have to. Doesn't mean we have to. Yeah, but we have I don't to trade. Think, what? No, Jordan, Jordan, no. I, 
I don't think there's in you say right. you think we should entertain. I don't think the Marlins need to pick up any phone call for Patrick Sertan. I don't give them who okay. calls. I don't I don't care if somebody got something on Sean Payton from 2013 that he did. I don't care. You don't give up Patrick Sertan at all. Bro, the that only time I'm entertaining a call is if by the grace of God, Patrick Mahomes is yeah, offered Patrick to us. Mahomes. <laughs> Unless we're talking about getting Patrick Mahomes or Caleb just Caleb, I, I don't even know. I didn't. I don't even know about that. Like, yeah, no, I, obviously, I want Caleb, Mahomes, but like nobody's nobody's offering that. So I can't even think of who's who's the second. Unless you get Mahomes, or I wouldn't even say Joe. You do not give up Patrick Sertan. That is just no, 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 no. Why? Why on earth? For what reason? Because you and it's like you you drafted him with Bryce on the team. You drafted him with Darby on the team. Fuller. Yes. You drafted him with a team full of DBs, right? Is he the only one still there? The only one. <laughs> Pat Sertan, you do not give him up for anything. There should not that he he is what we're building around him. That is the player that we're building around Pat Sertan. We're getting Caleb Williams so Pat Sertan can stay in Denver. You do anything to keep that man to stay. When you got the best corner in the league, that's what you do. You don't, I mean, bro, it would be a catch 22. It's like the, the Washington trading us Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis. It's the same thing. Like, why? Like, what's the point? You have you can't bring in anybody's gonna be better than Pat. And I'm gonna leave it at that. You don't trade Pastor Tan, man. I don't want to trade him, but okay. Yeah, I mean, there's already been several insiders that have came out. God. You know, I said I've already said that PS2 is not gonna be entertained in trade uh, talks, Good. and they're gonna kind of be Good. just putting the phone 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 down if people do call on him. Like that's. Yeah, it, it just I don't yeah, I don't understand where people anybody that's saying we should entertain trading PS2 literally just wants to see this team be in purgatory for the next 10 years. Yeah, like like you gotta be a Raiders fan or a division rival to you wanna see us in, in, in shame and in tears. There is no it let me wake up to the news that we trade Patrick Sertan. Like I'm you want seriously considering like not being a fan of this team anymore. That would push me to my ultimate limit. With this team, it was it's been bad enough these last years that we got Russ and I winning. You give away the one thing that we have that's good on this team, and he's young on a rookie deal. Oh my God, man, Jesus Christ! I don't even want to talk about it. Like I don't want to talk about us potentially trading past our ten. What that would do. But yeah, that's gonna be it for today's episode. Make sure, you guys, if you're listening on YouTube, hit the like button and subscribe. Help us get to 2K subs. I hope you guys enjoyed all of our crazy rants and drama, and turned into a pretty long episode. So if you guys stay till the end, appreciate you as always. I love all the support. Uh, if it, make sure you guys uh, leave a comment down below if you're listening on YouTube. Let us know your thoughts. Um, should the Broncos uh, be the the biggest jokes of the NFL history and trade away PS2? Um, let us oh know God. in the comments. <laughs> Uh, should they? The biggest question, though, for you guys is like, should the Broncos get rid of Russ? And sh um, if they are moving off from essentially, should they bench him within the next few weeks? Let us know your thoughts in the, the comments down below and let us know what you guys' thoughts are on the rest of the season. Um, and then if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys follow, leave a five star rating. Um, and then if you're over there as well, please turn on notifications so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. But with that being said, I'm your host, Amir, with my co host, J Mac, Jordan. Till the next episode. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Don't trade Pastor Tan.